0: Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm Alex Richwagon, your host, and hope you guys had a, had a good summer so far. We had a really nice 4th of July over here on the west coast of Florida by the beach. A lot of fireworks, families, all that you know, good general stuff. Barbecuing, pool, the beach, all the things that remind you of a good summer holiday, or a good summer in general, I would say. Last show, and it's been a couple weeks, we talked about breaking down an ETF, an exchange traded fund, with the idea of researching several companies across an index and identifying what's inside that index. How can you spot better opportunities by looking at, let's say, a topic or a theme or a segment of the market that is really interesting to you that you think could be the future over the next three to five, 10 years. And one of those topics I'm talking about are artificial intelligence, robotics, analytics, automated driving. They all kind of blend together because they all have machine learning and sensory focused um, pieces of the puzzle in order to put it all together. The ETF that we identified that we wanted to start breaking down, and this is going to be a part of a series, <coughs> excuse me, is called Robo, R O B O. And the ETF is an ETF for robotics, artificial intelligence, and data analytics, things like that. Smart, smarter world, Internet of Things, things that are going to power our society. Over the next five to ten years, and get us moving faster, smarter, more efficient. So that's what today's show is going to be about. And we're getting get started. In three, two, one, cue the music. The scene should be. Top of the show, talked about what today's segment is going to be around. And this, again, is going to be part of a series around artificial intelligence, robotics, and Internet of Things. Sensors, connectivity, machines talking to each other. And what I did is I took a very common robotics, um, et cetera, ETF in the stock market. It's called Robo, R-O-B-O. And I I started to go through, and I'll, I'll put this on the um, the page once I download it, once I put it on the page to for um viewing, is looking at what's inside the ETF, what companies are inside, and and this is going to take a little bit stronger thought process. This isn't just a you just look at it and you just know what to do with this. You actually have to break it down, and I'll attach all this information once I post the post the show. But the things that I'm looking at and that I wanna know what's inside this, inside the ETF is there's like core competencies that are both common sense analysis and then as well as we're gonna get into some fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis consists of looking at specific ratios within a company and comparing it to its peers across multiple industries or the same industry. So I'll give you an example. One of the first companies inside the Robo ETF is called Zebra Technologies. I'd never heard of Zebra Technologies before. So again, I want to I want to look at this across all of different lines of business. And so when I started out, I, I want to know what they do. That's like your first basic question: is what do they do? So then I start a, a spreadsheet and I start looking at specific things. I want to know what do they do? How are they making money? What does their business model look like? So Zebra Technologies has automatic identifiers, they have data capture projects, projects, and they have cloud subscriptions. Now what does that mean to the layman or everyday consumer? Well, it's got some automation, it's got some data capture pieces, so are are they in manufacturing, are they in some kind of smart technology where... They have recognition on a a phone or a tablet or something else. And they have subscriptions for cloud. Well, without knowing anything else, I do know that the biggest surge in Amazon's growth has been cloud-based subscriptions for hosting companies' web services, AWS, Amazon Web Services, on their platform. That's a good sign to start with. So then start digging a little deeper. Other things I want to know: how big is the company? And bigness is measured in market capitalization, which, if you know the levels, I just kind of talked to you about a um at a high level. Anything under 10 billion is a small cap. Anything between 10 and 50 could be a mid-cap. Anything over 50 could be a large cap. And anything over I think it's like 150 billion or 200 billion, like a mega cap, and then there's other various, but that just just stay that at a high level. And so this is this this company alone has 8 billion in market cap. I want to know what the stock's trading at, its price. So a little bit of technical analysis, look at their charting on how they're trading year to date, and stock is trading around 150, up almost 40 percent, almost 40 50 percent year to date. That's pretty impressive. And then there's specific other ratios that I want to know and you can get these all on public domains again this is going to require a little bit more research but once you have all the data in front of you and again I'll share the spreadsheet is then you can start making some comparison analysis and without even knowing a whole lot there's key ratios to kind of look at and pick up on like who is projected for future growth how much growth is that and these are the kind of things you want to look at with their PE their price to earnings ratio how well they are performing against the market. Stock market's trading on a PDE around eighteen to twenty. So Zebra Zebra Technologies has a 43. That means they're growing stronger in the market, or they're expected to. Their forward PDE is almost 15, so they're expecting slower growth in the, in the next 12 months. Their PEG ratio, which is a price-to-earnings growth, comes in at 4.33, which is, I'd say, a little bit higher than the norm. Their current ratio, which is current assets over current liabilities, how much assets to debt, so are they cash healthy, something I look at, return on equity, how much are they giving back to their shareholders, profit margin, how much are they making per product. But one of the things a profit margin is funny is don't take that as a a direct piece because if the company is in a high growth phase and they have low profit margin, because It could be because they're scaling and they're building out future infrastructures. So let's say in a mature environment, I'll give you a company. Let's say like Walmart. Walmart has a profit margin of, I don't know, 10%. Let's just use that as a gauge. Walmart's a stable company. They know over the last 50, 100 years what they're going to produce, how many companies they're going to, or how many different stores they're going to open, what their general inventory turnover is, and then how much are they making on that inventory. Like It's very stable. But if you're in a cloud-based services organization that you're growing and let's say you need to open up, I don't know, 100 new data centers with new services, you're making almost 50% profit, but because you're scaling and you're growing so fast, your profit margin is going to look very low because everything comes down to that um, balance income statement at the end of the year. So it could be deceiving. So just something to keep a gauge on. Earnings per share growth, are they projected to... Expand the earnings per share growth next year and then the next five years. Those are some of the key things that I look at to say, give me a gauge of what the company is today and what they project it out over the next year to five years. I went through a lot. Some of these data points that you can find can be found on, I like, I used to like Google Finance, but they changed their page and I'm not really a fan of what they've changed it to, because it's a lot harder to find some of the ratios and information that you're looking for. So to me, it was a, a change for the worse. I'm actually more geared towards uh, Yahoo finance as one gauge. There's a lot of helpful information there. And then also Finviz, F I N V I And Finviz is literally, I uh, just, uh, I mean, you're talking about candy, candy, candy to, uh you know, investors or investment research, because they provide so much free information and ratios um, by sell ratings, by analysts, the latest trending information, news, what the company's doing, how the latest product came out, how the latest service is doing. It's all free. To me, that's it's just amazing. F-I-N-V-I-Z.com is something that I'm just absolutely in love with from a, from a stock perspective um, to try to research things. So I went through a lot of different pieces. Again, this will all be attached in the, um, the downloads. So that way you can see what I'm looking at. And we're going to go through this, I would say, probably over the next, you know, two, three, four shows. Because there's a lot of great information in here that can be gleaned that you can kind of start comparing things. And see, what do I see? What are the industries that I think are going to grow and keep going forward? And I've got some ideas that are, I would say, highlighted On my sheet, depending on industry, some of the growth patterns, some of the ratios, and how they stand out against some of their peers. I'll give you an industry in here that I I wasn't expecting to see that was pretty interesting to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a quick um, filter around 3D systems. 3D systems has been, I would say, a wow technology that never took off. It's been around for, I think, a good like five plus years now, but it's not something that's an everyday staple. And what is 3D printing? 3D printing is the ability to have a device could be as, as big as um, like kind of like a microwave and you could scan something in your home that has broken. You've lost it. Maybe you need a replacement or a duplicate. And the things that I think about first and foremost are like, like an oven knob. Or like a knob on your grill. Or a part to a, I don't know, maybe a doorknob. Or a part to a table. Or, you know, those like under screws or like under little brackets or something like that. that you are like, oh, I wish I had one of these. You go to Home Depot, you can't find it. Well, basically a 3D printer is you could put an image or the actual item if you need a duplicate into this 3D printer. Which is, like, again, like a microwave. And then... Within 20 to 30 minutes, it actually prints you out a physical piece of what you were looking for, the exact size, shape, feel, touch, with different types of scanning and building materials, and voila. I mean, think about it in terms of if you lost a hubcap. I mean, this, in the future, I think this will get more mainstream, and a lot of people in the future will have a 3D printer into every home. However, it's just going to take time. So, what does all this mean? I found four companies inside the robo ETF that follow 3D systems. One of which has been on my radar for a little while because of a great book that I wrote that I read by some of my favorite authors, um, Mellon and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, it's getting if I pull a second. I have a book. <laughs> Jim Mellon and Al Shalaby. These guys write a lot of great books. I've talked about them in previous podcasts. Jim Mellon, Al Shallby, they talk about future trends all the time and what to be on the lookout for. And they talk about 3D printing, which is the reason it got on my radar, and understanding where to put your money for future growth. So the, th- the four companies in here I thought was pretty interesting, one of which has been on my radar for a while. However, I didn't know that the stock went down so low and actually had a nice spike this year. And that's uh, 3D Systems Corp. And the stock symbol is DDD, David, David, David. And just to give you an understanding, they're up 47% year-to-date. Stock market cap is $1.5 billion. So small little victories for some of these smaller cap names can really do something for as far as a boost your portfolio. So let's just say that you had invested in just the 3Ds companies that are just alone. Let's say you just said, yeah, I just like the 3D companies and I don't, want, I don't want to look at anything else and just whatever they're investing in this robo, if you look at the four companies combined, you invested, I don't know, 2500 each, 10000 total, you'd be up almost 9% with the one up 47%, 13%, down 1%, down 22%. Like that to me is like high-level research. You don't need to do beyond more beyond that, but if you believe in a specific industry, you can get some companies that have already been recommended by an ETF. That might be a way to go. So those are the kind of things that I, I picked up on that was that was really cool within just understanding how to break down an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, to look for great stock ideas on something that you're like, hey, I believe in artificial intelligence. I believe in all the sensories and smart homes and robotics. I think a lot of companies can benefit from this stuff. Without even knowing anything else, you can just go and find some of these ideas and really cool things that, to me, has been super helpful, and I want to share more of this information with you as we go forward down this track. So again, today we looked at RoboETF. I talked about Zebra Technologies as an example. I went through all the ratios and all the stuff that they that I'm looking for, and then also talked about 3D printers, something I didn't think would be in this list, but as it looks for future technology, this is something that would be helpful. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna group some of these subjects and then we'll break them down and I'll kind of look at it and say which ones, to me, look like the best, and then we'll come up with a few. By the end of this, we'll have a few stock picks that I think would be really beneficial for not only the current portfolio, but for the next, I don't know, five years plus, because long-term investing is something to be taken, let's say, pretty seriously. And don't just invest for just today. And I know the stock market's crazy going up and down. The pundits on TV want to scream and yell. But you got to remember, if you're know, 25, 30, 35 years old, you still got another 30 years before you even can broach the conversation of retirement. So think five years. Don't always think the present. And how is that going to work for you? Because again, even if you lose money in the stock market in the in a year or so, There's a strategy to offset that against your taxes. Um, It's a lot of stuff we went over today. I hope it was helpful. If you have any questions or comments, alex.richwagon at gmail.com, alex.richwagon at gmail.com, or alexrichwagon.com to see the website and I post on my podcast through SoundCloud as well. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. And we will try to keep posting these, um, go forward, try to be a little more steady. We always try to do, but as life disrupts us, I uh, keep coming back. So everybody have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.